You're about to hear a podcast by, about, and for teenagers, and anyone else who wants to hear what's on our minds. This is listener-supported work, so please consider pitching in. Text TBHPOD to 44321 and decide how much you can donate. Then enjoy the show. Thanks. K-A-L-W. This is TBH. I'm Samuel Getacho. This podcast is made by, about, and for teenagers, and for anybody else who wants to hear what's on our minds. As I've mentioned a few times on the show, my parents immigrated to the United States about 20 years ago. We didn't and still don't have much immediate family here. All of my aunts, uncles, and very many cousins still live in Ethiopia. Connecting with my culture has been a complicated process throughout the years. There are parts of it I love, Parts of it I wish I could change, and parts of it I don't even fully understand. Many first-generation kids struggle to communicate with their grandparents or relatives overseas, and my mother spent her first few years in the U.S. watching as extended relatives and family friends lost their ability to talk to their children and grandchildren because of a growing language barrier. She taught me Amharic before she taught me English for this very reason. She wanted to keep me connected to my roots. As fortunate as I might have been, that language barrier is a reality for a lot of children of immigrants. And even with the power of language, I often struggled and still do to relate and find common ground with some of my family. When we are physically, emotionally, and often linguistically so distant, we have to get creative in finding ways to connect to our families and our culture. As we'll hear from our panel of San Francisco high school students, there are many ways to bridge this gap. My name is Connie Tran, and I am a sophomore at Burton High School. I came to the U.S. three years ago, and since then, I use Facebook more often because this is a convenient social media platform to connect with other people in the world. I remember around five or six years ago, when I was still in Vietnam, and Facebook was not so popular back then. It was really difficult for my mom to call my grandparents, who had been living in the U.S. at that time. Also, if my grandparents wanted to talk to my family, my grandpa had to buy some sort of card for international call, and the time was very limited that we were usually being interrupted in the middle of the phone call. Now, I am able to message my friends in Vietnam or even video call my aunt and my cousin who are in Finland for unlimited time and for free just through Facebook. By that, I can know how they are doing, although I am not physically with them. My name is Julian Abergas, and I am a junior at Lincoln High School. When I was a wee toddler, I fell in love with the arts. I believe my relationship began when I watched a tap dancer, Savion Glover, dance in Barbara Streisand's 2000 concert DVD, Timeless. I remember wanting to learn how to tap dance as a child, but coming from a low-income family, I've never had the opportunity. However, in first grade, I attended SF Ballet's summer dance camp, which helped me develop a larger appreciation and love for all kinds of dancing. Although hip-hop is my primary dance style, I learned some ballet, Polynesian dances, bangra, and some African dances. In my freshman year of high school, one of my close friends recommended I audition for the fall play, Shakespeare's As You Like It. I've acted in two other plays since then, and acting has become one of my passions. The following year, I attended an after-school program for audio production. I learned how to use Ableton Live, a digital audio workstation used for electronic music production. I sang for the first time in front of an audience and made friends with similar interests at the program. 
I see myself pursuing a career in either writing for film and television, acting, or audio production. As a Filipino-American, I'd also love to represent the Pinoy community. There are very few well-known Filipinos and Filipino-Americans in the entertainment industry, and it'd be an honor to hopefully inspire other Pinoys or anyone from any background to pursue their passions. My name is Jason Canales, and I am in the 11th grade at Lincoln High School. I use app Skype to interact with my grandma while she's away at the Philippines. She lives in San Francisco but goes to the Philippines every three years, and using Skype to video call her is the most convenient slash effective way to contact her. While video calling, we often find ourselves just talking about how each other have been. My grandma talks about my cousins, aunties, and uncles in the Philippines, then proceeds to ask me about my sisters and parents. These calls usually last about an hour. Since the Philippines time zone is 16 hours ahead, it is a little difficult to find a good time for us to Skype each other. Overall, the app Skype is a great way for me to get in contact with my grandma while she's away at the Philippines. So many of us find ways to overcome that international divide through technology. But what about the cultural divide? For me and my family, that's where music comes in. Even if we don't always understand everything that's said or done, the one thing that my American cousins and I can always understand is the music. Even if we don't always feel like participating in the dance circles at weddings or on holidays, it's one of the few times that the cultural and linguistic barrier comes down. The deep thumping of Ethiopian drums or the ground-shaking jumps of our dancing uncles can always bring a smile to our faces. And my experience with music as a way of experiencing culture is far from exclusive to Ethiopians. Listening to and even taking part in creating music was how one of our reporters connected to her Mexican roots. Now close your eyes for a minute. Picture a mariachi band. Maybe you're seeing a group of men all dressed up, playing guitar, trumpet, violin, singing in a restaurant to a group of people at a table. And that's expected. That's the most common representation of mariachi. But that's not a representation of all mariachi players, and that's not where most mariachi music is performed. We're going to hear more from Samaria Pineda, who told this story while attending Immaculate Conception Academy in San Francisco. I walk into a white building that looks like a brand new house. It's on the side of St. Cornelius Church in Richmond. Parents are outside talking to one another, waiting for their kids to finish their practice. Inside, a few youth mariachi bands are practicing. All around me are instruments playing and people singing. I feel like one of my favorite songs is playing and I want to keep pressing the replay button. I came here to see my cousin. She's in one of the mariachi bands practicing today. My name is Anna Leslie Pineda. Leslie's 18. She plays the violin and sings in the band called Cuerditas de Oro. I was introduced to mariachi when Leslie began playing. Her mariachi band plays at our family parties from time to time. And last year, I saw her perform for Cinco de Mayo at St. Peter's Church in San Francisco. Cinco de Mayo is an important celebration of culture and heritage for mariachi players and the Mexican people. When she performed, I had never heard her pour her heart into her songs like that until that day. I felt proud of her and proud of this beautiful music that was being shared at church that day. I 
I sit with Leslie and she explains the different instruments that are in a mariachi band. So there's violins, trumpets, and some mariachis, a vihuela, and also a guitarron. Some of these instruments, like the guitarron, originated in Mexico. The viruela has been a part of mariachi since it began. I personally like the beautiful sound it makes because it's uh, it's like a guitar, but it's also different in the way that it has less strings and it's rounder and smaller. People embrace their culture in different ways. Many Mexicans embrace their culture by listening and playing mariachi music. So the first mariachi began in Mexico, in Jalisco. That was in the early 19th century. People who really enjoyed that music over there, they brought those influences here so other people could also hear this wonderful music and have the same experience they had. Today at practice, the members are wearing sweatshirts and jeans, but during their performances, they wear uniforms. So mariachis wear a charro suit, and that consists of the men wearing a jacket and high tight pants, and while the women wear a jacket and high skirts with boots accompanied with it. Their jacket's sleeve and at the side of their pants have small red and green patterns. Today at practice, they are preparing for a gig that they have on Saturday. Lodi was introduced to mariachi at a young age. Her dad plays the violin as well. I started around the age of 9, 10 years old. My cousins, they were also part of the mariachi group. Mariachi has been incorporated into the Sunday Mass here. It started becoming a part of Catholic Mass at some Mexican churches in the 60s as a way to connect Mexican culture with the religion that many Mexicans are a part of. This mariachi group usually plays on Sunday afternoon at St. Cornelius Church, but the music isn't just played there. A lot of people have mariachi groups play at parties and other events. I think um, a mariachi member should be fun, energetic, and show that you're also having fun as well. At parties, mariachi is not just music to be played and sit back and listen to. It is music to be danced to. It is played at events that celebrate the best moments in the lives of the Mexican people. Baptisms, weddings, quinceañeras, birthday parties, patriotic holidays, and also even funerals. If it is an important celebration, it is important for a mariachi band to be there. The mariachi is there for a reason, to uplift the souls. Sometimes I just pray before going on stage. The audience is happy, passionate, and intrigued when they hear this music. The mariachis move with their instruments, and the audience follows them as they see that they are having fun. And they also sing along with us. Mariachi is more than just music. It is cultural, spiritual, and traditional to Mexico and its people. Their songs speak about love, death, betrayal, machismo, politics, and revolutionary heroes. Mariachi has been passed down from generation to generation. It is a way to ensure that Mexican traditions are passed down too. My cousin's group is for older students. 
They have been in this mariachi class over five years. I was able to sit in one of the young kids' mariachi practice too. My cousin once was in the same position that the younger ones are in now. They sound so good. By taking these classes, these kids and young adults will continue the tradition of playing mariachi into the next generation. That story was reported by Samaria Pineda. She graduated from Immaculate Conception and now attends the University of San Francisco. And she still goes back to tutor high school students. Even though I didn't grow up in a particularly musical household, I grew up in a very musical culture. As a child, I spent the majority of my Sundays in church where my Ethiopian Orthodox congregation integrated music into almost every aspect of our worship. Even some of the prayers sounded almost like songs, with our priest's voice ringing through every corner of the church. Every one of my family gatherings concludes with the adults dancing eskista to traditional Ethiopian music. Like in so many cultures across the world, music is integral to how we celebrate, how we connect, and how we preserve traditions. And in turn, it has become a tool for myself and for other first-generation kids to connect to a culture from which we might otherwise feel so far removed. You've been listening to TBH, produced by KALW Public Radio. Thank you again to all the teenagers who contributed to this show. Much appreciation to Holly J. McDeed for teaching, editing, and managing, to Kristen McCandless for teaching, editing, and engineering, to our artists Awan Mance and Daoud Anthony, and to all the other folks who made this show possible, including Shireen Adel, Gabe Graben, James Rollins, and Ben Trefney. If you liked what you heard, please be sure to spread the word. You can do that by giving us a rating and a review on your podcast provider. I'd like to leave you with this. Your voice has power and influence. Use it and use it wisely. Thank you for listening. Signing off, I'm your host, Samuel Getacho. You just heard a podcast made possible by listener support. You're a listener. Please show your support. Text TBHPOD to 44321 and decide how much you can donate. Thank you.